<laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not an I, check out She Gets It pod all right i know i'm the one with the little boo me on there that's me all right new season new season 22 giving y'all encouragement motivation and a real insight in the things that i think about on a daily but i'm saying them out loud to y'all so check me out on she gets a pod on your favorite podcast app and also find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. Okay. So, welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Makers of You. Tonight, we have our guest. We have Shayla. Can I say hey. Rose? Go for it. Hey Shayla, hey. as well as Nisi. What's your last last? Well, what do you like to do? Just Nisi, is that good? CP is good. Nisi. Okay. Hello. Say that one more time. Nisi P. Nisi P. We got Nisi P. They're our guests for our upcoming episode this week. And you know what it is. This is the makings of you. So we're gonna go have a deep dive in our bit background of our guests, learn a little bit about them. Prior to you listening to the episode and the conversation that we have. Once again, on this upcoming week. So, how are we doing, ladies? I feel amazing. Hey. I feel great. Great. I love that. Amazing. Feel great. And once again, going to be a few questions, you know, and this going closer in this season two. So, I've been switching up the questions. Well, I haven't been switching up the questions for season two. Y'all about to get the new edition of the questions right now. So, right. right and here's once again, y'all answer how you feel like answering it. I'm not going to give you any like direction. These are just open-ended. Some of them open-ended, some of them direct, but I really just want to say whatever comes to your mind, what's up in your heart, that's what I want to hear. So okay. starting with the first question and we're going to go with Shayla. How would you describe yourself? Mm, how would I describe myself? Um, <clears throat> I would definitely describe myself as country. Um, yeah, I'm in the city, but you know, East Texas is my roots. Stand up, Tyler, Texas, right? Um, I am definitely, um, an earthy person. Um, like I love all things spiritual in a sense. Like I'm into yoga, I'm into, um, self-healing, um, healing self-trauma because it's something I had to do for my own, for my own self. Um, I am a mother. I have a 12 year old son, so we got to throw that in there. Um, I have to have a purpose purpose is what drives me and I am a connector like I love to connect with people I love to learn people learn different things about them um I'm a communicator and um I'm a magnet like I don't know I'm the person that I'm out and about and somebody will come tell me their whole life story so I just I connect with people like people feel safe with me you know and I'm a music head and a nerd <laughs> Quite a few things. Love it though. Okay. Nisi, tell us, well, how would you describe yourself? 
boy. Um, I just want to keep it simple. I was born in Chicago, so I'm Chicago raised and in Texas, enjoying my my life out here in the country. To an extent, it's not as rural as it could be, but uh, it's definitely not the big city. And uh, I just enjoy life. I'm a lifetime learner. I love learning about a whole bunch of things. Uh, I like making great connections. I'm a networker. Uh, I love knowing what people do. So you can play a part in perhaps connecting them to something bigger than themselves if you just happen to know the right people, looking for the right people who have certain skills, I think that's great. So uh, I love to be the person to say, oh, I have a realtor for you, or I know a plumber, or I know electricity, and like, that's cool to me. So I enjoy it because I love to know people's gifts and their worth. You know, mm-hmm. it's just something about knowing that people know who they are, and it's just energizing to be around people who are aware of themselves and know that they have something that they're supposed to do with their lives. I think it makes a difference. And, and I think you can measure yourself by the friends and the company you keep of how you move it in life. So that's, that's something that I think is important about connecting. And uh, I love music, like we discussed. Yes. And um, I also uh, enjoy creating. So I like cooking. I like making things. I like DIY projects. You know, I like to create. So that's one of the things that grounds me. Thank you. Okay, look at this. Okay. So, who makes up your family? Um, we're going to go back to Nisi on this one. Uh, you mean like intermediately? Have you answered that? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. Well, um, I have, <laughs> I hope it doesn't sound too statistical, but <laughs> I have several sets of siblings. But my immediate family consists of me and two brothers. Uh, and collectively, I think I have about 11 siblings, you know, just throughout the time frame from me being the second to the oldest to uh, my dad having like a toddler right now. So we do have basically a generation worth of siblings collectively, but, you know, if it's just my parents, it would just be us three and uh, them two. Hi, Shayla. <laughs> Where's my family? Um, so my family um, would be, I have my mother, my grandmother. Um, of course, I have my son. Um, I was blessed to have three mothers in life. Um, so one of my mothers, she raised me. She actually was a friend of the family, which is interesting because I didn't find that out until literally, she passed in 2015. I didn't find that out until maybe a month ago. Um, that she actually was wow. a friend of the family. She wasn't an aunt. She was a friend of the family. But um, I don't know if you know Miss Sims. Do you remember Miss Sims at Orr? I don't know. I got, if I say a picture of her, I might know. Okay. Well, anyway, she was a, a very, like, very uh, well-known um, educator in Tyler. She was very compassionate and loving. And she raised me. Then I have my mom and an aunt who was like my mom. So, obviously, your mother don't have to be your birth mother, but I had three, just saying. Mm-hmm. And then, um, I like I said, I have a brother. I have three cousins that were practically raised like brother and sister. So it's like, they're my cousins, but they're really not. They're my brothers and sisters. And um, I have, what, three aunts and an uncle. Um, and I, additionally, my friends are my family, like without a doubt. Like 
my friends are an extension of that. I look at my friends like family. I'm closer with some of my friends than I am with some of my family. So that's that's definitely on the list for me. Thank you. Once, uh, once again, I would let y'all know. I would love to share about my stuff, but here I'm learning. We're hearing you too. Okay. So, how would you define your childhood and your upbringing? Shayla. Okay. Um, my, okay. So I was raised, like I said, by my aunt and she was a generation, um, behind me. So it was, she was like a great aunt, so to speak. And she raised me initially. I was in church Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, all days of the week and, um, no exposure to hip hop because that ain't what she listened to. You know, I was hearing Stevie Wonder and Teddy Peter. If there was playing, most of the time it was church music. But you know, that's if if we veered outside of that. So I was raised, I, I have a lot of, I'm a millennial or a zennial, so to speak, but I have a lot of heavy Gen X influence, baby boomer and Gen X influence in my life. So let me see, fourth grade, it, it was very religious, very structured, very... Like I couldn't spend the night at people's houses or anything. Very, very, uh, very secluded. But then my aunt moved with us in the fourth grade. That's when I was introduced to TLC and Tony, Tony, Tony. I got like my first cassette tape. So thankfully, look, thankfully my aunt coming on the scene, it gave me some exposure to like hip hop and black culture, like culture things that were outside of religious, um, religion. And that was pretty it. Like, I was raised in love. Like, my family structure definitely has some, like, breakdowns that were passed down from slavery, so to speak. Just different people raising different people, not knowing who, you know, who's family and who's not. But I was surrounded in love at the end of the day. Um, so that into my adult life, I did, in 2015, I basically started the um, journey, so to speak, of healing my childhood trauma. Um, and it was two life-changing events that happened in 2015. It basically led me down that road. And um, I went to, well, I had this moment. This actually, it was a turning point when I was like, something's not right with you. Like you got some stuff going on that you need to get addressed. I went to therapy and it's been life-changing. And so adult life, I would say, you know, I've broken generation, generational curses. I've healed my childhood codependency, childhood, you know, looking for validation outside of myself, all that. Like, I'm so pro-therapy to anybody who's, you know, just honestly just experiencing a Black childhood in general, whether it was suburb, both parents, one parent, no parent. I mean, that is so important because there are things that get handed down that we become grown and we don't even know we're dealing with. You know, I mean, and I've just, and I can even see like from going to therapy, addressing my family, like for sweeping things under the rug. I'm like, no, we're going to call shit out. We breaking that curse. You know, this picture, we had our first attempt at having some sort of family reunion. So despite bringing those things out, it still brought us together. It's like, we don't have to continue to follow down the things that were handed down to us. We don't have to do that. We can break that shit down and keep loving each other, you know, so I feel like I've evolved from from my childhood, but I'm grateful because it let me, let me speak on it. Like, it, <laughs> thank you. Yes, hey, I wish that we had your. Ooh, we'll continue. Okay. I'm sorry. I know no, 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 no. Do not be sorry. Do not, do not apologize <laughs> for shit. This is you. 
this is what create who Trishayla is today, you know. Perfect. So Nisi, how would you define your childhood? Um, I think that that's interesting because we've not had this talk amongst ourselves, but I do mm. have a similar upbringing in the sense of my parents were pastors. So mm. that's all the life that I've ever known um, from a wee baby to about maybe 20 or 19 or 20. Uh, my parents wind up getting a divorce uh, when we were older, you know, for some infidelities and you know, all this good old Rolling Stone-ness in essence of when I said my siblings collectively mm. were in the double digits <laughs> beyond just our intermediate family. Um, and that was very interesting because, you know, it, it had you challenged about what you were taught and things that you were believing. Mm. And then you have something that's a complete contrast coming to your life and then make you question what you thought your structure and foundation were about what you believe, you know, mm -hmm. and everything was based off of, oh, because the Bible says this or the scripture says that. But when you have different life experiences that you can't find something verbatim in the scripture to validate, it makes you wonder, is there other answers out there beyond what you were taught? So then you have to decide what do you believe, not what somebody told you. And then you start your own journey and, and come into yourself with that. So I'm grateful for all of it. <laughs> it's so funny. I can't hear you. But, you know, it, it's a journey that I'm still on. You know, as long as I live, I will continue to learn about myself. That's truth. I'm enjoying this. Okay. <laughs> so where did you grow up? Nisi. Oh, I grew up in Chicago. Um, I grew up uh, as a little girl on the west side. Then we got moved out. How did I know? How did I know? <laughs> then we were moved as, you know, young cheerings out to the suburbs. So I had a, uh, a good mixture of urban and city, you know, and, and then that's when I first started to become aware of, you know, the differences of how black people carried themselves. You know, mm -hmm. I, sometimes I'd be in the city and, you know, depending on where I was, maybe they thought I was talking proper. Then I come out to the suburbs and I just came out from hanging with my cousins. Now I sound hood. Like, what is the balance of learning both of those, you know, terrains? But, you know, I think it makes you more well-rounded when you mm -hmm. know how to dabble in both. That's true. Absolutely agree. Tashayla, where did you grow up? I grew up in Tyler, Texas. Tyler, stand up, stand up, Rose City. Um, I was raised, but I literally grew up behind John Tyler. So on Riverside, that's the community. I lived on Navasota. And like I said, I was raised by my aunt who was, you know, she was born in 50, I believe. Um, and so I grew up very sheltered. That's the word I was looking for. I grew up very sheltered, but I was also very rebellious. You know what I mean? So I definitely went against the grain. Like <laughs> I always got in trouble for my mouth. I mean, that's that's just how it was. But like you said, you know, having the exposure of both sides does help because when I came to the city, I really didn't feel prepared. Like mm. I didn't feel prepared from the way I grew up. So I I've grown like so much in the last five years 
about you know something my son because he definitely can co-switch already you know mm-hmm. like he understand everything he's growing up totally different than me mm-hmm. you know so yeah that's i grew up countries protected and just mostly growing up from there so. <laughs> okay. yeah. All right. what were the roles in your family so and once again to your own intellect about that so going to Nisi, what were the roles in your family? Um, I think in, in the direction I'll take the question is in tradition. And I think that, you know, my father was a leader and my mother was the support, but my mother also was a leader within herself. So she had her own ways of navigating through who she needed to be with every role that she played. So, you know, you, you're a wife, but you're a mother, but you're a teacher, you're a counselor, you know, you have different hats that you wear. So uh, being able to see her, you know, acclimate to what she needed to be, but still be consistent with who she was, that was the role that I know that I saw her play. And my father, you know, even though he wasn't around as much, the consistency with him is provision. I learned that that was his love language, right? Like, just because I may not be around all the time, you having this type of roof over your head and you having the kind of car we have and the things that we have, like, that was what his role was. Provision, to an extent, equaled love. I care about you. That's why I'm going all the time working. Okay. Shayla? Uh, for me, you know, my aunt raised me, you know, she raised me as her own daughter and it was only her. Um, so she was my provider, my teacher, my, you know, support. Thankfully so too. I'll right. say it like that, like my life would have been totally different had she not raised me, but she encompassed all those things. I did have, you know, there were a few other matriarchs in my family, um, my aunt Jewel, and she was that, you know, stability. She was the one where like, Sunday dinner, Easter dinner, Sun, you know, we're going to her house. Yeah. So, and she actually was a friend of the family too. Like she wasn't, she had no real relation to me, mm-hmm. but that, that served as that, you know, you know, consistency in church, showing up how to, you know, take care of yourself and things like that, like how to serve. Mm-hmm. That was her role. And, you know, my aunt played that role too. And so I did, my aunt did have a long-term like friend guy, so to speak, who did in some way show up, you know, for a male, for for like male support, I guess, or a male representation of what should exist in a family, but it wasn't consistent. So all my life, like I've just seen women doing it. Like that's what I've seen, you know, and it's taken, like I said, since, you know, I started going to therapy in 2015, even for me to know, like, Trishayla, there is a space that exists for men to be in. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I saw this chick post on um, on Facebook. It was something about, oh, I had posted um, a, a page about, like, uh, first I put black men, how can women love you better? Then I put black women, how can black men love you better, right? I remember. Yes. And so this one chick commented and she said, men just don't realize we want to rest in our femininity. And we do like, but it it took therapy for me to even realize, actually, Shayla, you do want the man to do those things for you. You don't want to have to do these things because I come from a lineage of women who did it because they had to, you know what I mean? So, you know, with that being said, 
I'm grateful for the women that were in my life. Like I know how to serve and cater and give and be benevolent and compassionate because of those women, you know, but yeah, we just to, you gonna switch that on up. And once again, I would say, I appreciate y'all sharing everything with us right now with everything culture on the makings of you and going to our next question. Where do you consider home? Am I going first on this one? You or? got it. Since she spoke up, you got okay. it. I'm like, seem like we were playing ping pong. <laughs> but um, for me, and this this may sound weird, but for me, home is me. Like, I feel like I feel like home. You know what I mean? And I feel like when others come around me, they feel that too. Like, that's what I want to give out. Because I'm like, if that's the case, I can be, I can be at home wherever I'm at. And that's, that's really how I feel. Like, you know, I, I had posted the other day somewhere I said to me, black people feel like home. That's mm-hmm. what feels like home to me. You know what I mean? So it's not a particular place or a dwelling for me personally. Wherever I'm at, I'm at home. Yeah. Um, for me, I think it's a combination of where I'm comfortable at. And, and also, hilariously, but honest it does matter regionally. Like I miss my family at home, but I'm so over the winter that it's not enough of me to miss them to want to move back. So mm. it's home, but this is my home, right? And then <laughs> also I love the South, but my honest truth is that I lived in Florida first and I had to leave Florida because the humidity and the sun were relentless against me. Like they were harassing me. Like my mom on everything walked past me in the airport because she didn't recognize Oh wow! how dark I had gotten. My hair was lifted like the sun. They, it, it was like I had a payday loan with them and they would not <laughs> let up, you know? So, and then the, the pollen was so thick on the car, like, it was just, and I'm allergic to pollen. So, you know, I was figuring like, if I can't live in the South, then Texas would let me know because I always kind of wanted to check out Texas. So if I didn't make it through the first winter of Texas, then I was going to leave. I just knew I couldn't live in the South, that the South was not physically for me. Wow. (laughs) So Texas, they treat me good for about 10 years. I'm grateful. (laughs) So yes, this is home, but Chi-Town was still home to me. What were and what are your beliefs? I'm going to go back with Shayla on this one. Hmm. Um, I won't get too deep into my into my beliefs because I just won't. I feel like that could be a rabbit hole for me personally. No, I won't. But um, what I will say is this, just from this is based off, like I said, my experiences from my journey the past 2015 years, like or for the past five years since 2015. I don't. I don't believe that there is a superior belief. I feel like the idea of it being a superior belief is just contradictory. Like, because I feel like if you think that, well, then your ego is still there. I had a personal experience where I went to Dubai um, on a trip of a lifetime that like, I could, it's literally like, God was like, nah, that's where you got to go. You know what I mean? Cause it was just a stroke of luck and how everything just aligned up for me to go. Anyway, long story short, I didn't have that much money when I went. And so I only had like two excursions that I knew I wanted to do. One was zipline, one was visit a mice. 
So this one particular day, my um the people I were with, they wanted to go on this, uh, they wanted to go on this excursion and I stayed and ran. I ran around like a little, it was we were on a on some water or whatever, on like a little river. So I'm out here running, not knowing what's going on. Well, all of a sudden the mosque, they start calling like their evening prayer. I didn't know what it was, so I'm running and I'm like, what's going with these sons and everything? And so I stood and all these people start stopping. They took out their little rugs, shake the little rugs, got down and they been down to pray. And I was like, oh, okay. And in that moment, I knew like, you supposed to stop. Like you supposed to give reverence to this moment. And I did, and I just stood there and cried. Cause I was like, this is, for one, it was just beautiful to see. And for two, I'm like that same feeling that I felt you know, present whenever there's a religion, a religious discussion or me in church or whatever, it was the same feeling. And for me personally, I was like, that was all I needed to know that I can't dispute that this same feeling that I'm having, these people aren't feeling, even though they believe something differently, differently than me. So personally, I believe there is one ultimate source in that, you know, that, um, there is, there is no superior. I could go to, I've been to a Hindu church service and I feel the same way I felt in a regular church service. So that's my opinion in short. I won't go deeper than that, but you know, I'll just leave it at that. We'll bring you back another day to go deeper in that, but love it, love it, love it. Nisi. What are my beliefs? What um, are your beliefs or what were your beliefs? Oh, okay. Um, I think one example of the transition of my beliefs was, as I mentioned before, I grew up as a PK and um, that's pastor's kid for those who don't know what that is. But uh, (laughs) 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 but, uh, one of the things that I grew up really staunch about was that the belief was there was one person for one person. Right. So I always was taught that you got your Adam and your Eve and that was like it, you know. And so the thought of, you know, sleeping with more than one person is like, oh, you're just going to give your virginity to your one soulmate. And there's nobody else with that one person for you out there in the world. Right. And then you fast forward 10, 12 years and my my parents get divorced. Right. Out of all the people. And this is now shattering my belief system oh, in regards yeah. of, is there really, truly only one person out there for you? Like, and then it started opening my mind, like, well, what if the person that you thought was your soulmate gets sick and dies? Like, mm-hmm. are you not supposed to remarry? Mm-hmm. You know, like, what if somebody is, is, is murdered or like, well, any, any way that this person could exit your life, does that mean you'll never love again? You know, like, I didn't think that was fair. And and I I knew God was better than that, you know, and I knew that he was kinder than that. So I think it just started to help me realize that it was a difference between um, courting and dating and just getting to know people, you know, because courting, it makes it seem that as soon as the opposite sex approaches you with interest, now you guys are trying to bet each other for marriage. Like, that's so aggressive. Like, why can't we just get to know each other generally so I can even see what kind of personality traits I like. Like what makes me laugh and what don't I like and your jokes aren't funny or you're getting on my nerves. Like the person, the things that we didn't get a chance to uh, acknowledge you needed to do instead of uh, just assuming because he's safe, you're safe, he's single, you're single, now get together. Like 
what about compatibility? What about, you know, the fact that I might not even actually love you, okay. you know? So, okay. and what does love mean to me, you know? And, and so that was the point. So, you know, having to realize that what I thought was a foundational stone of what, what my adulthood would be based off of only for it to be challenged because it was something that, you know, was beyond human explanation. Like how can my parents get divorced? It just wasn't working out as a child. So I then had to realize that there's maybe some other structures of stuff that I thought, I believe that maybe need deeper exploration. Mm. Mm. I'm having so much fun with y'all. Like, I'm, this is perfect in my opinion. So, and we're gonna go, we're gonna flex it with Nisi on this one. So what were some of your chores as a child? Ooh. Um, my chores of a, of a child was um, a very domestic, of course, you know, assist in the kitchen, uh, sweeping, mopping. Uh, my mom was a baseboard mother. <laughs> she mm-hmm. wants you to get on them knees and give the Lord the praise <laughs> while you get the scrub off the baseboards because my mother cannot stand fingerprints in a dirty baseboard in a house so mm. those was all of our chores um i didn't get it i didn't have to get into the garbage because you know we still let that be a gender thing so mm. we let the brothers take mm. that out but <laughs> but i got to scrub the big casserole pots instead so mm. you know pr- pretty domestic stuff nothing major it was fair i can't act like they were slaving me in the crib i ain't gonna lie on you it was fair <laughs> okay shayla chores uh, you had growing up same. I did have to clean the kitchen, um, clean the restroom. It's funny. I don't even remember cleaning the restroom that often, but definitely cleaning the tub mm-hmm. <laughs> whenever you bathe. Mm-hmm. Um, we, that circle water. Okay. Don't, don't, let, don't let that rain be right, in the tub. Right. Get that out. Look. Right. Um, so Grab that comment. You know it. And the brush. That's what you use. Look. Sure. We did. We So I, I think, well, yeah, I told you I was raised with three cousins that were like siblings basically and we did we lived together so we would rotate weeks in the kitchen you know so everybody had their week in the kitchen yeah Yeah. but what sucked is because you know like I said my my well no I didn't say my dad was in prison my dad's been in prison in and out of prison throughout my my life essentially um so for holidays I was the one at home so it sucked on Thanksgiving and Christmas if it wasn't my week to clean the kitchen you know what I mean? Mm. But then my sib- my cousins, they daddies come get them. Then I'm like, so that makes you. So I, <laughs> I mean, what is your yeah. week or not? I used to hate that. And so I remember going to my aunt once. I was like, nah, this is messed up. Like the kitchen is trash on mm. these holidays. Mm. And then they be gone. Like I need to find somewhere for me to go, you know. Mm-hmm. But um, that was basically it. Beyond that, it was fair. And it, I mean, even then, I was very very vocal when I was a kid. So if I thought someone fair, best believe you were going to hear about it, you know? So, um, and then of course, cleaning my room. My right. room was mine. Okay. And I remember some of this. I remember you being vocal. I would say that. But it's, I digress. This is not about me. It's about child. So what was an impactful moment in your life? Nisa. Oh, shut. Um, I say, uh, one of the impactful moments I think about is, uh, my decision to move out here in the first place. 
um, because mm-hmm. it didn't make sense to my family. It didn't make sense to my friends. Like, why would you leave your job? Why would you leave the comfort of your friends and family? Like, why would you just uproot your life to go somewhere where you don't have friends and you don't have family? And it's not a super huge promotion, but you know, is it enough to really have you going 1500 miles away? And um, it was a good exercise of my faith muscle, you know, to see like, what am I made of, you know, and and what do I really believe? And, and if I say I could do it, then I need to show myself I can't, or, or I can't, you know, like, what is, where are my boundaries? What are my heights? What are my lows, you know, and, and willing to just take a gamble while it only affected me, you Mm -hmm. know, before I got married, before I had children, like if I was going to take L's, at least they would only be on my chin and not everybody else's. Mm-hmm. So, you know, against all odds in a sense of not not a lot of resistance, but more so confusion about why uproot comfortability to go into the unknown, you know, mm-hmm. but it's, it's that where the greatness lies, where, where you don't know, Absolutely. where where you grow and stretch in uncomfortability. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm grateful to have gambled it to see what I was made of, because I'm still here, so. God is good, and, and that's my testimony. <laughs> Say his name. <laughs> okay. Look at you now. Yeah. You could be anywhere in the world, but you with us right now. Everything culture, you know. So, Shayla, same question. I had I had a couple that came to mind, but you know, just for the sake of being an advocate. Of, for something that I'm, I, I'm totally sold on. Mm-hmm. Um, the most impactful thing that one of the most that I'll, I'll mention is going to therapy, dude. Like going to therapy, mm-hmm. literally like mm-hmm. life changing. Yeah. And I mean that on like the, the just, I can't even explain like how deep of a level I mean that. Like I'm an advocate for therapy. And so it was funny because so like I said, I had this moment where I was like, okay, something's wrong with you. Like this can't be normal. It was it was almost like in the midst of what I was dealing with emotionally, it was like the first time that logic showed up, you know, like something's not right, you know? And I literally Googled, cause at the time I was going through a separation and I literally remember going to work and I typed into Google, how do I survive a divorce? Literally what I typed. And it was a list of shit that came up. Going to therapy was on the list. That's how I got into therapy. I um, called the EAP program we had in my job. I was like, hey, I need a therapist, whatever. And man, like the first therapist they picked, I, I don't, you know what? I don't remember if I picked the therapist or they did, but it was the very first therapist that came up, recommended, suggested, whatever. Um, coincidentally, because I didn't know shit about picking a therapist. I didn't even know to read up on their background, try to find commonalities. It was just, it was just the spirit move without a doubt mm-hmm. that paired me up with this black therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, she's now probably in her early 40s. And of all things, her name was Faith. Right. <laughs> and I've been with her since 2015. And when I say she so she's a um, she's a cognitive behavioral therapy, therapist, meaning like she could be talking to two different people. We can have the same story. But based off the words she used, the behavior she have based off her scenario and mine, she could tell us two totally different things. So I love that it's catered to your brain, your mind, your mm-hmm. mannerisms It's literally catered to you. 
And that just from, man, from my understanding, communication, parenting, you know what I'm saying? I was literally, because my son, I think was maybe six or seven when I started going. And I was literally painting the picture for him to probably experience some of the, you know, insecurities or different things that I had to, that I was overcoming in therapy, you know? So how I handle communicating with teachers at school, even at work, dealing with uh, imposter syndrome, Yeah, man, like just, I just can't explain it enough. I am an advocate. I know I'm sounding real passionate right now, but uh, I've grown so much in the past five years. Like I'm so serious. Uh, and, since, and since we're rolling on that feeling right here we're gonna go right back to you shayla okay. how do you define joy hmm, how do i define joy um i would say i define joy is I don't know when I think joy it makes me turn automatically to gratitude because I feel like you know it's hard to be in a joyful state when gratitude is not present you know what I mean so basically I would say joy would be being you know grateful for what you have in the moment despite of whatever lacks may seem like they're there whatever you may feel like you need joy is just being grounded in that moment and being grateful for what you do have that's how I would describe it. All right. Nisi, same question. How would you define joy? Um, I define joy as uh, a moment or experience of something blissful and peaceful and almost mm. a form of escapism. You know, when you are wrapped up in a moment of where you feel extreme happiness and comfort and you can kind of unplug from what you're currently doing or thinking you know even if it's just for a few seconds you know i think that's the place that people want to be at you know and then you look for how can i replicate it on my own so then i think about songs that i love you know i think about smells that i love i think about you know, the recipes that I love to put together because I like the chopping, the cooking, the, the mm. scents, the aromatics. Like, you know, I get lost in those moments of escapism because I'm happy and I'm comfortable and I'm relaxed. So mm. th those are what I, what I consider joy things. I like that. I like it too. And yeah. since we went here, we're going to skip ahead to one of my favorite questions. Okay. So if you can have one meal let's say this is your last meal okay you know this is your last meal and you know you can have one like you can have a meal you just don't have to be one item oh but it's just a meal i was already immediately relieved <laughs> you don't get me started you can have a meal and who would prepare that meal for you no matter who it is and it's back with nisi on this one okay so we're we're discussing who's making the meal or what is the meal both what is the meal and who's making it? Man, so first and foremost, I must profess that I am a foodie. So I hope it doesn't sound too ridiculous, but I would need a eclectic worldwide platter with the following countries <laughs> or, or cultures represented. I need some Indian. I need some Asian, I need some Latin, I need some Italian, I need some 
American slash soul food. And I think I'm, I'm good with, oh, and Caribbean. I need that. So like, I need, <laughs> you said it can be more than one thing. So, cause rice is very conductive throughout these meals that I'm talking about, right? So it can be chicken, it can be fish, you know, it's just about the seasonings and the herbs and, you know, everything you put together with it to give you those distinctive flavors of culture. But it would just have to be a mini me buffet buffet plate. And um, Martha Stewart can make it for me because uh, I trust her caliber of ingredients. So you'll get a felon to get your shit together. I ain't even knocking it. Okay, do your thing. Do your thing. Shayla, Shayla, Shayla. So this was pretty, this was difficult, but I would go with just from what I've experienced so far. So I went to Boston last um, November for a conference. And while I was in Boston, I went to Little Italy. And I'll, I don't remember the name of this restaurant, but I know it's on my Instagram. I could look it up. But they had, this pasta it was an alfredo but like they literally made the noodles that morning yeah. like they make the Fresh noodles pasta. yeah and um and it had it had some kind of sausage in it it had chicken and shrimp and the the, the setup and ambiance that was nice too because they was playing like teddy pendergrass and things like oh, nice. yeah, like oh and, and, and but it was italians and the store was dope mm-hmm. in the restaurant but i would uh that would be my meal i love pasta i love mm-hmm. love love italian like it's my favorite all. yes and then i would i would want some sort of um some sort of a red blend like um like menage a trois or pate Mm-hmm. Um, and then I want some crack cookies from A. Irene's for my dessert mm-hmm. in uh South Dallas. Oh my god, because oh, so they're man. they're butter pecan cookies, but they call them crack cookies, and it the name is legit. It's so good. that would that would be and that would she be the one that got the fried lobster boxes and the lemon. Oh, yeah, and, oh, and then she don't make the cookies, it's she get the cookies from this other lady that makes them. Oh. But child eat cookie, yeah, man. They call that crack cookie. Okay. Give me some crack. Oh, okay. Let's see. This is this is what we're here for, you know. Getting your feelings about this, you know. I'm a foodie myself, so I'm like, you don't get me started. Like, we'll be here half the day. Oh, uh, I'm very specific with my taste. Okay. 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 So, question going forward with our next one. So, what is a quote that you live by? Shayla. Uh, I feel like I'm put on the spot with this one, a quote that I live by. Um, okay, I do have one. <laughs> uh, wait, hold on, let me look it up. It's our rather dive. Oh, I know it, I know it, I know it. But I don't know who said it, but the quote is, I would rather die of passion than boredom. That would be a quote that I live by, like, I guess, cause I feel like, you know, during my married days, I feel like so much time passed by and I don't, it's feel like it was a blur. Like it don't even feel like there are a whole bunch of like pristine, clear moments. But the past five years, I've been hella passionate, hella in pursuit of just finding me, bettering me. And that fire, because of that, like I, I can remember the past five years so vividly. You know what I mean? So that would be the one, that would be one that I live by for sure. Like I'd rather die of passion any day. COVID been killing me <laughs> like because i'm ready to get out of them streets but. Right. keep your ass inside okay uh, yeah. nisi 
I have things that I like, but um, I think something uh, of familiarity is just uh, simply Maya Angelou saying to us that when a fool shows you yourself, himself, you should believe them because I feel like so many of us have suffered from giving people too much of ourselves and not giving them enough uh, space to really figure out who they are. You give them too much time and they get in your life too invested and, and you want them to not be who they're showing you that they are. And, and, and where do we get this false hope from that that's not that, but that's who they are. And, and, and it's, it's ruined so many people's lives. It's, it's, it's paralyzed people's progress. It's, it's done so much. So anyway, the point of that is that when I openly and more quickly recognize character traits that I know are familiar or something that I don't get along with, mm -hmm. then I don't bother investing, you know? And it doesn't have to be rude. It just mm -hmm. has to be, you know, respectful and, 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 and adult, you know? But you don't have to kiss people butt, but... You know, you know how to curb somebody politely as you are an adult, and, and it's just the best way to avoid unnecessary drama. Mm. We should, maybe you'll bring that up on our upcoming episode. Perhaps curb <laughs> someone politely as an adult. We'll see. <laughs> we'll see. Okay. Okay. So I'm going to go back with Nisi on this one. What is your favorite holiday? Hmm. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> I think I would say uh, New Year's Eve uh, because I think it's just a great conglomeration of you being able to say, um, I had 364 days of something, and then tomorrow I have a new. 365 days to do something. So I think it's just reflective and it's also mm -hmm. optimistic and hopefully it's optimistic for other people, you know, but for myself personally, this is just my humble opinion. Uh, I think it's reflective and optimistic. And I think that your attitude before you get into the new year really sets the tone for it. So if you think you ain't going to make it, you not, you know, if you're going to get out there and, and do you, then do, it, you know, but it's up to you because tomorrow starts a full new year. <laughs> mm. So that's why. Oh, it's also my birthday. I forgot to say uh, that. Yes. Yeah. Oh, you, hold on. Is your birthday on the first or is it on New Year's Eve? 31st. 31st. Okay. Okay. You about to get yourself a scholarship. Okay. <laughs> Shayla. You know what? So weird i'm sitting here thinking i don't think i have a favorite holiday like i don't think i have a favorite holiday mm -hmm. i love celebrating people's birthdays without a doubt but i don't have a favorite holiday i would maybe say maybe halloween only because like all the scary movies come on <laughs> so and i'm a scary movie buff like he loves scary dude movies. like back in the day on halloween on usa you oh bang, yeah like the all marathon night. michael and jason yes like yes. the night before and the night yes. of like that's also i would be at home passing out candy watching scary movies heck yeah i love scary movies so Okay, okay. Shayla, we have a lot in common. Get out of here. Okay, going to a little bit more deeper. How would you want people to remember you? Ooh. Did you ask me? 
Since you spoke up, yes. Okay. <laughs> uh, man, I would want people to remember me as like a light, like just like she was a she was a lighthouse. She, you know, was willing to talk and be open with anybody, or even like you know, man, I I could sit down and tell that girl my whole life story, and I didn't even know I was doing it, you know, um, and. Um, literally speaking, I tell my friends all the time, like, I don't, I would love, I want to be cremated. Like, I don't want to be, look, I don't want my corpse looked at, you know what I mean? Um, and I don't know, just something like play some music for me with a nice picture of me and, and send me off. But yeah, guess I want to be remembered just, you know, it's like, it's like a light, a lighthouse, I guess. I love it. Yeah. And thank you. And Nisi, how would you like to be remembered? Uh, I think overall, I like to be remembered in my prime and happiness by people. I would like them to remember the best of what I had with them. And, and with that being said, I think I also wouldn't mind being cremated because I like the room filled with happy photos of me. me and too, I like man. the room filled with engaging photos of family and friends. And I want you to remember me at my best, right? you yeah. know? And I also want to be remembered empty. I want you to think about everything I gave. Like I want to be that inspiration. I want to be a confidant. I want to be something that left a legacy on the world in a positive way. I want you to say, I believe she did everything she was put here to do for the time she was here for. And, mm -hmm. and that's a lot of work to do, obviously. Mm -hmm. But when they stand around, don't mourn me. Say, man, she emptied herself out and, and look at what she gave, you mm -hmm. know? And, and that's how I want to be remembered. That, that's the legacy I want. Yeah. I like y'all. I like y'all. I like y'all. And, we, and we're coming to our last question. Oh. Are you ready? Okay, uh, I know it's been a time. I'm strong. I know. How do you describe your culture? And since Nisi taking that big old jug, we're going to straighten Nisi about it. Oh, wow. <laughs> uh, and, and this is just a general statement. It's, mm -hmm. it's not just pertaining to anybody, just culture, period. Mm -hmm. um, shoot, that's good. That, that's got layers to it. Um, I think at this point in my life, when I think about culture, it makes me want to be a culture curator. Like it makes me want to help people understand what culture really means and the impact and effect it should be having on us because I don't like the way that I see the disconnection for the Generation Zs and the Millennials and those who are already bored with the internet. I feel like their sense of entitlement is due to a disconnection of not having history and not knowing who you are and, and, and how you got to this place. So I think that, yeah. Uh, that's what I would like to get to. I'm going to just let, let it be right there. But culturally, I like it to be something that was purposefully crafted and not just happening. Like anything cannot go on and you just slap hashtag for the culture. What does that really mean to you? Mm -hmm. You know? <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> so that 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 is my passion within there to create culture and to help other people know that they can also do the same. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Go ahead and go, Shayla. Before I get started, okay. How do you describe your culture? Um, okay, so you said, how do I describe my culture? That's interesting because for the past, I would say six months, I've actually, well, no, you know what? I would say for the past year, like I've actually been on this quote unquote original culture chase for myself. Mm-hmm. Like I did the DNA ancestry and I started to like, just basically try to connect. Cause like I told you, my, my dad was in prison for the most of his life. I recently connected with an aunt of mine that lives in DC, which is his sister. I've never met her in person, but we're literally like kindred spirits. We even look uncannily alike. It's just like, this is interesting, you know, but my point to say, my point of saying all that is to say, I feel like that's something I'm creating for myself and my son right now. I don't feel like, you know, that was something handed down to us. And I definitely feel like my idea of what my culture inside my home is, is different from what it, I was raised in. You know what I mean? So just, you know, I guess is a, somewhat of a blueprint for me in my home what we are creating like I definitely believe in you know a part of my culture I would say is definitely self-accountability you know self-healing self-trauma like all things taking care of self is definitely a part of the culture that I have and I'm creating as well as just like genuine connections in general you know like authentic genuine connections is a part of my culture and who I am and just forever growing like gratitude and forever growing and that's now like it's it's when I think of foods and different things I literally try everything I listen to everything like you listen to my my google play and I'm I'm telling you you literally won't know my race ethnicity nothing like you just can't tell and my son has that too like my son's music taste is very eclectic my son he and he's really big into anime right now mm-hmm. one day he loves anime so I came home <laughs> This dude was watching Naruto or Naruto, however you pronounce it. He had made him some noodles and some wontons and had chopsticks. Like my son will tear up sushi. So inside we're very culturally diverse, but I am trying to understand my roots. Like I recently found out, you know, I hit hit up Nisi, what, a few weeks ago, like, dude, we gotta go to Africa. Like, I just wanna go and get in the water. I just feel like it would be just this total cleansing experience because I'm at a point in my life where I do want to know more. I'm feeling like it's important to know my origins. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I'm open to developing. I'm open to it becoming whatever it is. So, yeah. On purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Thank y'all. I really do mean that. Like, y'all make this a treat. Like, I love doing the podcast. And just meeting Kendrick souls and individuals like yourselves, like, make this all worth it. And, Yay. It, uh, and every question you guys answered with well, gals answered i felt it was genuine i related to every single one of your responses and i know so many other people will relate as well so once again i'm gonna say thank you so much from you know just from mr d 713 with everything culture and i know our whole platform and y'all this is the reason why we do what we do 
So I'll, I'll genuinely say thank you. I can't wait to share this with our platform, our people, so more people get to know you all, and more people can start exploring their cultures as well, and explore themselves and get a look at the deep dive in their own lives. And if they want to share, we have a platform to share with this as well. And I hope they look forward to listening to your episode this upcoming week, or they're going back listening to it in the future, or if they already listened to the episode, they learn a little bit about you now and why we may think the way we think. So as always, thank you. Thank you to our audience. Thanks to our supporters. Um, y'all have anything to say? Anything else y'all like to share? No, I just want to again say thank yes. you. I'm grateful to have an opportunity to sit on your platform and in mm-hmm. my most humble beginnings. And yes. uh, I just think that this was just a, a good fluidity about the conversation that made it easy. I mean, yes. like you said, after a little bit, you forget your taping. It's just mm-hmm. like having a video yeah. conference with a big homie. So, yeah. And that's what it is. We're all friends at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And I'm telling you, this is, I love it. Tell your folks, tell your people. Hope to see y'all on our Sunday chat. Once okay. again, where we'll be drinking more with a group of folks. And we have a little bit more of an open dialogue every Sunday, oh, okay. 7.30 p.m. Um, Central. So, if you can make it, it's cool. Trying to get some people from Australia and other ways in, oh, in it as well. Good. So, you know, I want to say thank you again to Nisi. Thank you again, Shayla. Thank you for sharing about your lifestyles, your thoughts, your emotions, and feelings. And as always, check us out on um, Spotify, iTunes, Anchor, SoundCloud, YouTube, especially YouTube. And God bless everyone out here. Peace. All right. All right.